Well, praise God. Y'all glad to be here this morning? Well, I just want to encourage y'all for a minute before I get into the message. Uh, first thing is, you know, you finished, if you read the plan last year, you finished the New Testament. If you've never done that before, way to go. Look at the person beside you and say, way to go. If you followed through there, you finished the whole New Testament, and if you've never done that, you're amazing. So um, I was praying about what are we going to do this year, and so I'm going I'm, to, I've been over the years stretching y'all, stretching you, stretching you, stretching you, and so I'm going to stretch you a little more this year, and uh, I wanted to go like all out, two a days kind of practice, and you know, my wife said, man, or, you know. Come on. So anyway, this is what we're going to do this year, okay? And i got to explain it to you. Years ago, I don't know if I got on to this. I know it was the Spirit of God leading me this direction, but I don't remember how if I heard somebody say it or devise my own plan. I don't remember because I've been doing this forever, so I don't, I, I don't know how. But anyway, the Lord began to speak to me about, you know, like when you, when you have a meal, you don't usually eat just one thing. Right? You don't just you don't go to a restaurant and just say, give me a steak and all you get is a steak. Unless you're eating at a really expensive restaurant where you have to buy all the sides. But you know, let's just say you go to the normal place. And so, you know, you usually get a steak and then they ask you your choices of your sides and you build your meal, right? Then they maybe put bread out and all this stuff like this, right? So the Lord began to speak to me about when I'm reading the Word, that if I'm only reading the Word in one area, reading my Bible only in one area, like in other words, I'm only reading the Gospels, that I'm only getting part of the meal because the Bible is the full meal deal, right? And so he began to, to show me a way to read that I've, I've done forever. And the way I read my Bible is I read like, I'm just act, I'm acting like I'm starting out fresh. I would be reading Genesis chapter 1, okay? I'd read that chapter. Then I skip to Psalms, and I read Psalms 1, because now you're getting the inspiration of the Psalms of David, and you know it's a different flow, right? Then you're reading, in the beginning God created, and now you're reading the Psalms of David, all right? And then I would read Proverbs 1. So now you're getting the wisdom of Solomon coming in. You're throwing that into the meal, right? So I've got Genesis 1, Psalms 1, Proverbs 1. And then I, I wanted to be in the, 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 minor, the major and minor prophets. But, you know, there's these two books. <clears throat> Whether you like them or not, they're in there. Ecclesiastes and the Song of Solomon, okay? And most people just skim over those because they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... Anyway, so then I'm reading Ecclesiastes 1, because then that's going to take me to the Song of Solomon and to Isaiah, right? And then that way I'm, I'm doing the deal. And I'm going to read Isaiah, I mean, Ecclesiastes all the way to Malachi, the end of the minor prophets there, where you get in the New Testament. So have I got you confused yet? Y'all with me? You still following me? So then I'm reading Matthew chapter 1, because now I want some gospel. Okay, and then I'm reading Acts chapter one because I want to see what's going on into the epistles and what the apostles are doing after Jesus' resurrection. Okay, so me personally, I read six chapters like that every day. That's just the way I do it. So I'm going to do a little different with y'all. I'm going to challenge you to read the six chapters a week. In other words, you're going to read Genesis one on Monday. You're going to read Psalms 1 on Tuesday. You're going to read Proverbs 1 on Wednesday. You're going to read Ecclesiastes 1 on Thursday. You're going to read Matthew chapter 1 on Friday. And you're going to read Acts chapter 1 on Saturday. So you got six chapters per week. Y'all follow me? So just in brief back, you're going to, do, you're going to read... Genesis to the book of Job 42. Finish the book of Job. That's your first segment. You're just going to keep reading it. One chapter, one chapter, one chapter, one chapter, one chapter. You get to, you get to Job 42, you're going back to Genesis 1. Then you're going to read Psalms 1, and there's 150 of them. So you get through with 150 Psalms, 
you're going to go back to Psalms 1. See, there's segments. Proverbs, there's only 31 of them. You're going to be through Proverbs once a month, but then you're just going to get to the last proverb. You're going to go back to Proverbs 1. You keep those segments reading like that. You're going to start over here. You're going to be reading Ecclesiastes 1. You're going to read it to Malachi 4. That's, that's your segment. Then you're going to read Matthew 1. Then all the way through Mark, Luke, John 21. You're going to go back to Matthew 1. There's some of y'all looking at me like, what are you talking about? And then you're going to be reading Acts chapter 1, you're going to read to Revelations 22, then you're going to start back over. So you won't finish your, you know I mean, you're going to finish the Psalms this year. You're going to read the Proverbs 12 times all the way through. Okay, you're going to read, you're going to get through all the major and minor prophets. You'll get through them all this year because the amount of chapters there. You're probably not going to finish the Old Testament as far as from Genesis to Job because there's more than you can get done in a year if you're just reading one chapter a a day, you follow me? A week, rather. But it's okay. You're going to get a full meal deal. All right? Now, so to help you in this, if you're just totally, completely confused, because you see, I'm always a last-minute kind of guy because I want to make sure I heard the Holy Ghost. So I don't have, I, I mean, literally, I just came up with this yesterday. So I don't do very well at planning ahead. So I want to encourage you, if you don't have the Waterhole app, on your phone, then you need to download the Waterhole app. We'll follow this along on the app. It's easy for us to update that and do it, so it'll be on the app. My wife's going to get some stuff printed this week to help you follow along, and then we'll have that to hand out next week. And so we'll get a few things to keep you going. But basically this week, start Genesis 1, Psalms 1, Proverbs 1, Ecclesiastes 1, Matthew 1, and Acts 1, and read those six chapters this week. And by then, I'll have everything else to keep you straight. All right? So, if you back to the app. If you don't have the Waterhole app, just go to whatever you're using, an iPhone or an Android. Go in, type into your deal, the Waterhole, and it'll pop up. You can download it on your phone. We have all kinds of resources there, all kinds of stuff there. You can follow the broadcast there. You can follow up and everything that we're doing. It's a great way to keep you on track. Amen? Okay. Um, so now, I hope you're not too confused, but hang in there. Just remember, just read one, 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 and you'll make it, okay? Um, so, Christy, you got a video. I want to show this video before I go on with the message. Amen. So I wanna, I'm going to be sharing this with you for the next few weeks about finding a fearless faith. I don't know, I'm not going to stand up here this morning and prophesy to y'all about all what's going to happen in, in 22, you know, I, I, I don't know, I, I, I'm not that kind of a, a pastor, I'm not going to stand up here and make predictions and all this kind of stuff. I can tell you that though, this year there's going to be good things and there's going to be bad things. I can tell you babies are going to be born and then there's going to be people go to heaven. I can tell y'all that there's going to be somebody that is successful in business and somebody may go broke. All right? I can tell you, some of you are going to have no flat tires this, this year, and some of you may have one. Some of you are going to go through the whole year and never hit a deer. Others of you may be a bullseye target for them. I don't know. But I'm just telling you, that life is life. And in 22, the way I'm going to face this year because I can, I can stand up here all day long and tell you what I think's going wrong here and what was going wrong there and what so-and-so did and this and that and the other and all that and who, how they didn't do this right and how they didn't do that right. I can, I, can, I can do that all day long. I can get you fired up, get you just... <laughs> but I'm going to tell you this morning about what I believe Jesus is going to do in 22. I believe all that, that we have to do as Christians is to, is to get your stance right. Face 22 and say, whatever, whatever. My Jesus is bigger than anything he can throw at me. Matter of fact, everybody stand up. Kind of just stand up here. Kind of get your game face on. 
Like, you know, like, like two boxers in the ring and they're about to go at it. You don't see a boxer go out into the middle of the ring when they're getting rid of their, you know, having the, 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 before the, before the bout starts. You don't see them coming there and saying, hi, how you doing? Everything okay? We're going to have a little bout here. Now they go out there and they got that look. They're looking and trying to intimidate one another. Are you, you got a, you got a, you got a game face or 22. Okay, put your game face on, put your game face on, and then just kind of look at the person beside you. <laughs> ah, come on now. Do it again. Come on. You, got, you started laughing. Get your game face on. Get your game face on. That intimidating game face. And just kind of look at the person beside you. Ah, give that person beside you a high five. Say, you're going to make it. You can be seated. But you're going to have to face 22 with a game face on. Folks, listen to me. you got to face what's coming with it. Your, your Holy Ghost, fearless faith, game face on. Hello? Amen. No matter what the world's throwing, no matter what's coming, no matter what prices are, inflation is, or groceries cost, or you can't find your parts for your truck or whatever. Man, you've got to have your game face on because I'm telling you, Jesus is bigger than the situation. He has an answer if we'll just get in faith and just walk with him. Now, I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Get your Bibles out. Go to Hebrews 10, 35. 10, 35. It says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence. That's what I'm talking about, your game face, which has great reward. It has great reward. Your confidence, your game face has great reward. I really believe, folks, listen to me, the, the spirit unleashed upon the world right now is a spirit, that's, it's a spirit of fear. And it's trying to always get you off track. It's trying to always get you, oh, no. It wants you to have the game face of the deer in the headlight look. Not it looks at you and says, uh, we better go over here. You know, most people that are, that are mugged, they, the, the thieves pick out the ones who are the most vulnerable. You know, they're not going to go mug a, somebody that looks like he might be a part of a gang. Right? The big, ball-headed, tattooed guy walking down the street usually doesn't get mugged. They pick the easy targets. Wolves attacking caribou. They don't go for the... One up at the front, they get the one in the back, the weak one. And so what do you do? you got to have great confidence in your God. Going into 22, you need to have great, great confidence in God and your relationship with Him. Because it's going to have a great reward. For you have need of endurance. That's what it says here. You have need of endurance. Now I want to tell you something. Endurance does not. You know, like one of the craziest races, I believe, in, in athletics for, human, for humans, you know how they have the, uh, is it not called the steeplechase where they have to run, they have to jump over walls, there's water deals, they, you know, there's a certain amount of running, all this is taking place in there because it's not just like you're just running down the track. That's difficult. But when you start throwing obstacles in front of you, that gets more difficult, Right? Well, the endurance that the Bible's talking about here is, the, is you determined you're going to be moving forward. Didn't say how fast. I learned a long time ago with the Lord, just keep moving forward and you're going to have success. Just don't stop or go backwards. Didn't make any difference if I moved an inch that day. I went forward. That's endurance. It says you're going to have need of endurance. You're going to have need of endurance this year. And I want to tell you why. Because I believe the greatest days of our life are in front of us. I believe the greatest growth of this church and the greatest uh, outreach of this church is going to be this next year. I'm believing that we're going to get so full up in our services that we have to go to two services. I'm believing we're going to put up a freedom center out here. Uh, out in that field out there, and we're going to have people set free.
from all kinds of things. I'm stretching more than ever. We're going to win more, uh, rescue more orphans in, 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 in the world than we've ever done before. The broadcast is going to go farther than ever before. We're going to reach more than we've done ever before. But in order to do that, that means all of us have to move with it. God wants to move forward. God is about advancing. Listen to me, folks. I'm, I, you've got to get over this thing. God is not concerned about politics. Jesus is not up there saying, I just don't know how we're going to pull this off. God's going to do what God's going to do. And if we'll get in agreement with him and get in the flow with him, then we're going to go on and have victory. But if we're standing around like a bunch of deer in the headlights and we're all freaked out about this and freaked out about that and worried about this over here and we don't know what to do and we're not really knowing. Oh, man, folks, uh-uh. you're, going to get, you're going to get washed away. You got to have endurance. This is a year right now that you need endurance, need to keep going, need to keep going, need to build your relationship with Jesus. He says here, for you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promises. Folks, listen to me. I want to do the will of God more than I want to do anything else in this world. More than I want to win the lotto, more than I want to become, you know, on the cover of Time magazine. Can y'all imagine that? I don't know that I'd want to be on the cover of Time magazine, but I'm just saying, more than anything that a person could ever dream of doing, I want to know that we've done the will of God. I want to finish my race, and I want to see Jesus, and I want to hear him say, well done, that good and faithful servant. That's really all that matters to me in life. And I want, to, I, want to, I want to touch as many people as we possibly can. And I want to see people get freedom. Luke 4.18, Jesus said, I came on this earth to bring freedom. Freedom. Everybody say freedom. freedom. Not bondage, freedom. I want to see people free in their minds. I want to see people free in their, their bodies, be healed and be whole. I want to see people be free in their relationship with Jesus. I want to see people be able to be free and not be intimidated by the world or people around them and be able to be free who they are in Christ. Amen? Okay, so it says, but yet a little while, for yet a little while, he is coming. He will come and not tarry. He's talking about Jesus coming back. And I don't know when Jesus is coming back. I don't know if he's coming back in 22. I don't know if he's coming back in just a minute, just a second. I know that I can, t I can promise you this one. And I'm right on this one. We're closer today than we were yesterday. Oh, I got that one down. That is a prophecy that will come to pass. And tomorrow, we're closer. All right? Because he is coming. And he is coming for us. Folks, listen, I want to I just tell you some things. And, and, and <laughs> Wow. You know, the American people, we're not getting all the information. All right? We're not getting all the information. Like, like, there is a war brewing in the Middle East that is so close to fulfilling biblical prophecy, it is unreal. It's never been as close as it is right now. Already they're, 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 they're shooting rockets, they're, they're deploying. They're, right now, today, they're deploying troops on the Syrian border. And, and, and things are happening. We don't get that news. We're still all worried about Omicron or whatever you call the thing over here. You know, did you have your mask on and all this kind of stupid stuff? But I'm telling you, there are things, there are events happening. People around the world, there's being more people saved than ever before right now. There's countries that are, the revival is going on like it's never been seen before. And we're all sitting around here worrying about what's going on politically. And I'm telling you, you're wrong by doing that. What we have to be focused on is what is the will of God and what do you want us to do today, Lord? Who are we supposed to minister to? Who are we supposed to preach to? Who are we supposed to, to tell about Jesus? Who are we supposed to uh, uh, you know, give to? Who are we supposed to bless? Who are we supposed to be? Oh, you want me to bless that person over there? Hey, you know, whatever. That's what we're supposed to be into. And you cannot have fearless faith if your faith is full of fear. If you're sitting around worried all the time about what's going on, what's the IRS going to do next? You, you can't worry about this. you got to have confidence in God. I'm not saying you ignore it. Put your prayers into it. But get, believe that the big God's going to take care of you. Now, he says here, For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by 
faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. These are not the days to draw back. These are the days to press forward. These are the days to, man, I'm telling you what. You may have taken some hard licks in life. You may, that man, the devil may have set you back, but I'm telling you, it's the days of day to get up, pull your, pant, your, your boots on, pull, put your pants on too, pull, put your pants on, pull your boots on, and then go on, man. Go to Ephesians 6.16. Ephesians 6.16 simply says this, Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts, all the fiery darts, all the fiery darts of the wicked one, all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Faith quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Faith quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Faith quenches, puts out, stops the effect of all the fiery darts of the enemy. So what do we need? A fearless faith. What are we going to build in 22? Our faith. Okay? So starting today and through the month of January, we're going to be talking about this. I want to, I want to set forth a plan for you, a way to build your faith. Now, the cool thing about us is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm standing up here looking at all of y'all, and we are all not dressed the same, okay? And that's the cool thing about a life with Christ is not all of us are called exactly the same. All of us have different giftings and callings. All of us do. And the cool thing is, is you need to, in 22, be who God called you to be. And how you need to have a relationship and build your relationship with the Lord, how it works for you. Not how it works for me. So when I'm putting all this out there, you're going to have to take it and assimilate it within yourself and figure out how, how okay, now pastor's showing me, you know, here's where we need to get to now. How's the, how's the best way for me to do that? Because each and every one of you are going to have a little different, little different flow, a little different way to, you know, to, 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 to develop your relationship with God. And that is great. So here we go. Go to the Old Testament, the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, or Habakkuk, chapter 2. And let's start looking at some things. Verse 1 says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. Okay, now, that's what I'm talking about. What's your stance? Habakkuk said here, he's going to set himself. He's going to stand his watch. He's going to set himself on the rampart to see what he'll say to him. How? You've got to start in 22. You have got to automatically start setting aside a time, a place, to set yourself on the rampart and watch. Yes, Lord. You've got to learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen. But if you're out running around screaming, pulling your hair out, saying, I can't believe they're doing this. I can't believe this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And you're running up down the road. Ah, ah, ah. Man, the Holy Spirit can't even catch you to talk to you. No, no. We've got we to gotta, we gotta set it within our heart. What we want to see in this year is our own personal growth in our relationship with Jesus. Amen. That has to be set up in front of you as, as, as something. Maybe, you, you know, like, like in reading your Bible, maybe you've never read and been consistent in your reading. Well, you need to. You need to stretch yourself. You need to set yourself up. I want to hear the voice of God this year. I want to come out going from 22 into 23 knowing that I'm spiritually stronger than I've ever been. It's something you have to do. You have to determine in your heart. I cannot be there and hold your hand through all of it. We need each other. We need friends in the body of Christ to encourage us and keep us going. But he says here, this is where he makes his sin. And he says, and then the Lord answered me. Oh, the Lord answered him after he made his stand to see what God was going to say. Some people want to hear the voice of God, but they never hear the voice of God because they're not standing still long enough to hear the voice of God. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just 
shall live by, and look what it says here. It's just translated a little bit different. His faith. The just are going to live by his faith. In other words, how you've established your faith. The just are going to live by faith. They're going to live by your faith of how you said, this is what I do because this is what I believe because this is what I know to be true. Okay? Now, he said a few things here. The first thing he said, he said, you got to write it down. I have in my office at the house a big whiteboard, and I've had it there for 25 years. And written on it is the vision. No, it's not. Next Tuesday, you're going to go, you know, it's not that kind. It's things I want to see happen in life. It's not like, oh, I want to have a church of 400. No, 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 no. It's that I want to stand fast preaching the gospel. Big general categories. Big general vision. But it's something I can walk in and I can look at it and I can back up and I can say, okay, all right, I can see it. I have on there, we're going to rescue orphans. It's a big, big deal. I didn't say I'm going to win, you know, a thousand a year, or rescue a thousand a year. I don't have numbers. I have blocks. Are you with me? Because see, sometimes you get all messed up when you're trying to write the vision for your life. You say, "Well, let's see. I want a, I want a new car by the end of the year, and it needs to be blue." Now, there's sometimes to be specific about your prayers, but I'm talking about a vision's a different thing. Who are, who do you want to be known as when they put you in the grave? What is going to be written on your tombstone? What are you going to affect in life? What are you going to do in life? What kind of a person do you want to be? What kind of a person do you want them to talk about at the coffee shop? You want to have integrity. You want to be known as a person of gentleness. You want to be known as a person of compassion. That's what you put up there. That's what you write. That's what's on the word. I want to be a, a, a giver. I want to be a blesser. These are things you always have to set before you because see what's going to happen to you, folks. You're going to get challenged. The moment you say you're going to do something, you're going to get challenged. I want to be a good mother. And your kids are just devils that day. And you're just like, you want to be a good mother. And by the end of the day, you're saying, Lord, keep me from choking them. And then you're like, oh, I'm not a good mother. No, so you got to put it up to the next day. No, this is the person. This is the vision. This is who, this is who I desire to, to, to emulate Christ to the world through. That's what you put up there in the vision, right? And he says, don't just write it, but make it plain. In other words, don't come up with something that is so complicated that you have a hard time following what it is anyway. Like I've heard prophets before prophesied something it was so mystical so you know whatever I was like I don't even know that I understand what you're talking about I'm a very simple person I like things plain I do not like to make things complicated I like things plain I like to know that I can I can do that I can accomplish that it's plain written out it's easy it's not, oh, I forgot step three. No, it's just simple. You've got to make the vision plain and simple for you. Quit trying to say, well, I am going to be the greatest orator of the ecclesiastical, homiletic, whatever of. No, you, you, you want to be a good Sunday school teacher. You want to have a good word to tell people. Simple. Simple. You want, to buy every, you want to buy somebody a cup of coffee every day? Simple. You want to be a blessing. When I, was, when we were, <clears throat> when I first went broke and I was lost, we had nothing, and, and I was working as a car, carpenter, I was making five bucks an hour, and I remember I wanted to give. I kept hearing message about giving and giving and giving and giving. I didn't have any money to give. I had nothing. I had no money. And I remember one day the Holy Ghost gave me this idea. Because I'd, I'd got out somewhere at a convenience store, and I looked down, and there was a quarter on the ground. 
And I picked it up. And the Lord said, why don't you just ask me for money? You can just right there, just there, you can find. So I started this treasure hunt. Everywhere I went, I was always just looking on the ground, looking for ground. Man, I find a penny, find a nickel, find a quarter, find this, get me my change, bring it to church, sew it. Then the next time I was out, man, I was finding more and more and more. i never forget, let me tell you a side story. I was in Mexico one time, and I was down, deep down in Mexico, and I was spending the night sleeping in this pastor's house, and he was telling me this story, and I just got to laughing about it so much. He said that he was, have, he was struggling in, in giving and in tithing. And he just didn't understand it and didn't really think it was right. He thought God was putting too much on him and it wasn't right. And so he, he went and, and it was pesos, you know. And so he, he took like 10 pesos and he, he put it in the offering plate when it came by. But when it came by, he just kind of like, just don't take your money. So his heart was totally wrong. So the next day he's going down the road. He's praying. He's talking to the Lord. He's kind of grumbling. He says, the wind blows up. And the wind just blows all over, and smack, something hits him right in the face. This is a true story. Hits him right in the face, and he pulls it off. It's 10 pesos. And he said right there, the Lord spoke to him and says, Ed, don't ever give me your money like that. He said, I don't need your money. And he said he got so convicted and so this pastor then just sort of saying, oh, God, I'm so, you know, I mean, because that's a pretty good one. Get, you don't lose pesos in Mexico when everybody's poor. To get hit in the face with 10 pesos. And he said that was it. He said after that, he started giving, giving, and then he ended up, God had blessed him. He built this beautiful church up on the side of the hill and just was, a, was an amazing man. God, he says, hit him in the face. I don't need your money. But you see, you got to set your heart right. You got to make it plain and simple. It can't be complicated, okay? Because it's something that you have to be able to move forward with. Quit trying to say, okay, I'm going to be the greatest husband ever. Hey, let's just try to get it just a little up from where you're at. (laughs) Don't shoot so high because you're going to get discouraged. But make it plain. I'm going to pray for my wife every morning. Oh, now, Pastor. Well, I didn't say how long you had to pray or what you had to say. If you don't pray for your wife every morning, well, then all you got to do is walk over there and lay hands on her and say, Lord, bless her. You prayed. Start somewhere. But make it plain and make it simple and make it an advancement to where you are today. You don't have to be the greatest prayer person in the world. You don't have to have the most, you know, the the greatest words and the most elaborate prayer. You just have to move forward. Here's a vision. Here's another block vision I have. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That's one of my visions. I want to be steadfast. I want to be consistent. I want to be unmovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. I always want to be moving forward. I always want to be going forward in the things of God, in the moves of God. Hello? And reminding myself that what I'm doing is not in vain. Listen, I, have, I, I want to tell you something. The thought has come to me to quit pastoring a thousand times. Minimum. Minimum. That was probably just last year. <laughs> but then I stop and I say, no, 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 Lord, you call me to do this. I want to do this. I'm going to go forward. I'm going to, I'm going to do what you call me to do. I'm going to be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? I go back and I look at the vision. Without the vision, you have nothing, no, no guide, no standard. You've got no map in front of you to where you're going. And a lot of Christians are just living haphazardly. They're trying every day just to wake up, make it through the day. They've got wounds, as, as Isaiah 1 says, wounds, bruises, and putrefying sores. They're not healed up from the, what the world has dealt them and what's happened to them in life and the misfortunes and the accidents and the, 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 the events that have taken place in life. And they've come upon them and it's caused you to have wounds, bruises, and putrefying sores. You've never been healed up from that. So therefore you have no vision. So you're just like a little little rain-soaked cat in the midst of the forest. 
And you're not getting anywhere. You're not moving forward with the Lord. You're not moving forward in your relationship. You're stifled. You're frozen. Because of what the world says. But we got to get healed over that. And we got to get a plan. We got to get something that's out in front of us that we're saying, this is where I'm headed. I know where I'm going. I'm going to be this person for the Lord. I'm going to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. You cannot always just play defense in life and win the game. You've got to play offense. You've got to be moving forward as Christians. Steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Okay, here's another one. Luke chapter 9, verse 42. Luke 9, 42 is the story where the, the man brought his son to be healed uh, from of Jesus, and he was talking to the disciples, and they couldn't get him healed, and then Jesus comes down the mountain of transfiguration. He sees the, the man, and it says in verse 42, and he was still coming. The demon threw him down. He convulsed him, and Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit. He healed the child and gave him back to the Father. I was reading that one day, and it leaped off the page to me, and it showed me three things that God wants done in people's lives. The first thing is get the devil out. Second thing is heal up what the devil's destroyed. And the third thing is get people back in a relationship with the Father. That's my goal as a pastor. I want to see people healed. That's why we have freedom prayer. That's why we're developing the Freedom Center over here for people to get free. Because I want to see people free in Christ, healed. And then he gave him back to the Father, restored his relationship. We're going to work this year on building our relationship with the Father. We're going to work this year about building our relationship with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit and understanding what's going on and what's taking place. Psalms 34.10 is another one I always keep before me. It's not very fun. It's not very pretty. But I keep it before me. It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Man, we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that is not perfect. We live in a world full of wickedness. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But, everybody say but. but. Yeah, the Lord delivers him out of them all. We're going to overcome this year. We're going to conquer this year. We're going to conquer this year. You're going to put your foot on the neck of your enemy and conquer this year. You say, well, that sounds rather brutal, Pastor. Yeah, to the enemy, I have no mercy. But you're going to put your foot on the neck of fear. You're going to put your foot on the neck of sickness. You're going to put your foot on the neck of the enemy that's plagued you and kept you from being the child of God that you're called to be this year. And you're going to have victory over it. You're going to conquer it. You're going to be like David and killing Goliath. You're going to take his own sword and cut his head off. We've got to move out of the place where we only have a relationship with Jesus when we're in trouble. That's where most Christians are. The relationship with the Lord is only when they're in trouble. They never think about the Lord after that. They just get up in the mornings, they go through their day, they go to work, they try to have as much fun, they try to get the temporal joy that the world can offer into their lives to bring them some satisfaction, and then, they, when, then when they get in some serious trouble, then they try to pray. But we're not going to be like it, are we? Look at the person beside you and say, I'm not going to be like that. So, Christy, do you have that confession? Yeah, put that up. I wrote a new confession for January. And, and, I, and, and since I'm late on everything, the, the cards will be here. But right now you can find it on the app and, and you can, uh, we'll have it up here for you. It says, I do not walk in fear, I walk by faith. You need to start making that declaration out of your mouth at all times. I do not walk in fear, I walk by faith. I trust my life to Jesus, and I will not be ashamed. God created me to be an overcomer, so overcoming is what I do. My confidence is in how great my God is, not my ability. Folks, listen to me. If you're depending upon your ability, you're going to fall short. God's promises are true and working in my life. It's simple. 
Okay? It's simple. But I want you to begin to make this confession out of your mouth every day. I want you to hear it out of your, with your ears coming out of your mouth. I do not walk in fear. I walk by faith. This morning, you know, um, when 9-11 took place, I, most of you probably know exactly where you were that day, but I was actually on a hunting trip, and I was on, on the highway, the road. I didn't, weren't listening to the radio, guys just talking in the truck, been driving, had no idea anything had happened. And we walked into a convenience store, and when I walked in, I noticed that the clerk was wiping tears, and I thought, oh, man, just wanted to come in here and get some snacks, and girls crying, and we're going to have ministry time, you know, is what I was thinking, and so I thought, you know, what in the world? And so then I went up there to check out, and she's just crying, and, and I said, ma'am, is everything okay? And I'll never forget it. She just she couldn't even say anything. She just pointed up at the television, and it was right as the second plane came into the tower at that moment, I saw it happen. And I was just like, what? What's happening? You know, I was just like, you know, like, because we, you know, I mean, it's kind of a, <laughs> you're just going along the road, not thinking this could ever happen, right? And then all of a sudden, boom. So sometimes in the morning, I will go to a, a news feed and I'll just look because I just, you know, want to make sure there's not a plane run into a building, right? I mean, because you could be sitting here in Utopia and not know anything happened. And, uh, when you go look at the news feeds, even some news feeds that were out this morning, look, so I'll tell you something. I want to just get you in fear. Fear is like the fear that's on the America right now, really the world, but in America right now. The fear is so real. It's like a, it's like a lion about to pounce on a gazelle. It's just right there. It's wanting to do it. And you become that gazelle the moment you give in to fear. But if you get up in the morning and say, hey, listen, I'm not walking by fear today. I'm walking by faith. So no matter what happened, no matter what's taking place, no matter what's coming into this, whatever I'm faced with today, Lord, I just declare, man, many of the afflictions of the righteous. But Lord, you said you deliver me out of them all. Then all of a sudden, the world, the world of the supernatural begins to work for you. The world of the supernatural begins to work and help you and begin to work in your life and begins to, to mow, but it's only going to work as long as your confession coming out of your mouth stays in faith. I don't know how it works in heaven exactly, but let's just say there's a faith meter. Each of us have a faith meter. Let's just say there's a little dial sitting on the throne. There's your faith meter. And our, our needles are just going... All day long. And if it's all based off the confession that comes out of your mouth, then whatever you're saying out of your mouth is what your heart's determining. And so, therefore, it's telling you what your level of faith is. So, this confession here, I want it coming out of your mouth every day. I don't walk in fear, I walk by faith. I trust my life to Jesus. I will not be ashamed. Folks, right now, the other thing that's happening in this world is shame. And shame wants to come upon you if you don't believe what everybody else believes, then you're shamed. And I want to tell you something I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed of being a Bible believing Christian. I am not going to back up. I am not ashamed to believe that Jesus was resurrected and he is the son of the living God. He is the Messiah. He is the one sent down here to the earth for each and every one of us. That he died on the cross and his blood washes my sins away and I'm right with God. I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed to say that God speaks to me. Somebody say that. Well, he's hearing voices, man. He's crazy. He's hearing voices. He's crazy. No, I mean, throughout the whole Bible, God spoke to people. Oh, it may be the little thing. It may be the $10, 10 pesos that hit you in the face. You know, it may be some other little something. Can't find your car keys. You say, God, where did I put my car keys? And then all of a sudden you have a thought and it comes up in there. That's God speaking to you. My point is, I'm not going to be ashamed. And just like fear, shame is there. And they're trying to shame people who want to be good, godly people. And I'm not going to put up with it. 
God created me to be an overcomer. He created me to be an overcomer. John 16, Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. Ah, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. There's going to be trouble. There's going to be trials. There's going to be hurdles. There's going to be that race. You're not in that smooth path race. You're in an obstacle race when you have to leap over hurdles. There's going to be. You're going to get up one morning. And you're going, man, you read your chapter. God spoke to you. And you're feeling good. And there is an idiot out there <laughs> provoked by the devil that morning to surely get in your path and say something to you that wants to steal your faith. You say, oh, what I just said. No, you're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. So oh, overcoming is what we do, folks. We overcome. I cannot promise you in 22 you're going to have everything perfect, everything easy. I can promise you, though, that through the, your faith and, your, and, the, and the power of Jesus, you can overcome all things because there's nothing impossible with him. My confidence is in how great my God is. I love the story of Elisha over in 2 Kings. When Elisha, Elijah's gone, Elisha's taken over, and and, and he knows that the chariot's about to come to pick up Elisha. And Elijah, I mean Elijah, and Elisha goes out there and he's, he, he sees the chariot come, the fiery chariot takes Elijah off, and he gets the, the mantle, the, the robe, the cape, the whatever you want to call it that, that Elijah had. And he goes up to the waters. You know, here's this guy. He doesn't. I mean, I like, I like this guy. I mean, he's so, he's so out there, right? He takes the cape, grabs it, and slaps the water and screams, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? I mean, who does something like that? I mean, you just saw a fiery chariot take him off into heaven, and you're going to get up there and start slapping water, and, and the, it says the water folds back, and he walks through, and everybody goes, Whoa. Well, it's time for some of you to rise up in your life, grab the cape, the anointing of God, slap the waters and say, where is the Lord God of Elijah? It's where you need to be. It's time to get a little radical. It's time to get out there and say, where is the Lord God of Robert? Where is the Lord God of Frankie? Don't be some little mealy mouth Christian that, you know, just over there eating your crackers. <laughs> you know, I've told that story a million times. It's a true story about the guy that bought a ticket on a boat that was, flying, that was going from Europe over in the old days when you had to get on the boat. It's a 30-day trip. And you only had enough money for the ticket, so he went and got him some cheese and crackers and sat out on the outside of the deck. One day, one of the one of the crewmen came by and said, sir, don't you want to go in for, the, for dinner? And he said, oh, no, you know, I'm just going to eat my cheese and crackers. He ate his cheese and crackers for 29 days. And then finally the, the, one of the stewards came out and said, sir, well, I've noticed you out here on the side of the boat all, you know, these, all this day in this long passage, and all you've eaten is your cheese and crackers out here. Why? Why didn't you do that? And he said, well, I just was embarrassed. I didn't want to say anything. You know, I only had enough money to buy my ticket, and, and I didn't have any, any more money for food. And he said, sir, your meals were included. Could have been sitting in there eating steak every night, but he sat outside and ate his cheese and crackers because he didn't know better. Nobody told him that his ticket included the lunch. Well, I'm telling you this morning, your ticket includes your full meal deal with God. But you're going to receive it by faith, and when you get your faith active and faith going in God, then you're going to see something move. You can be like Elisha and you can slap the waters and say, where is the Lord God? And God's going to move in your behalf. But you've got to see it. You've got to see it happen. Amen. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life's in the power of the tongue. Holy cow, I'm out of time. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. But I love this part. Nobody ever quotes the last part of it. Don't they quote the first part of that verse. It says death and life's in the power of the tongue. And everybody goes off preaching a message on that. But look at the last part of it. And those who love it, eat its fruit. Those who love it, eat its fruit. Do you want to eat the fruit of your confession? 
Well, some of you may say, uh, I don't think so. Because your confession's been bad. All right? But I want to tell you this morning, man, your confession is going to change your whole walk this year. So what I want to do is we're going to have communion right now. And I want to just ask you, when you come to the altar today, think about where you, want to, where, where you are with Christ. Think about your vision. Think about what is your plan for what God's doing in your life. Have you written it down plain? Is it, do you know what you're doing? Do you know where you're going? Or are you just kind of a bump on the log? Look at the person beside and say, I'm not a bump. And when you come to the front, just start out this year taking communion with the Lord and coming to that place where you're, you're sitting there saying, Lord, I'm in. I'm locked in. I'm locked in, man. Help me to just get the vision straight. And watch what God begins to do in your life. Amen? So can I have my prayer team, uh, pastoral team come down so I can serve them and y'all help me serve everybody else? For those of you at home watching, get your communion uh, elements out. Now, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, he's your Lord and Savior, then you're more than welcome to come have communion with us. If you don't know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, Bible's real simple. Bible says, call upon the name of the Lord and you'll never be ashamed. Call out on Jesus and he'll touch you right where you are. That's all you need to do. <clears throat> but the Bible tells us that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, that he took bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, now take and eat for this is my body which is broken for you. Do it in remembrance of me. So, Lord, we take this bread today. We take this bread and we thank you for your broken body in our life. We thank you, Lord God, that you went to the cross so that our sins could be forgiven, but also you took those stripes so our bodies could be healed. So, Lord, I thank you today that as we take and partake of your body, we receive everything that, Lord, you have for us. So take and eat. Then afterwards, he took the cup. And he said, this cup is a new testament, a new covenant. that's poured out in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. All oh, what good news I have to tell you this morning, church, is that through the blood of Jesus, your sins can be forgiven and you can be fresh and white as snow. All you have to do is repent. Say, Lord, forgive me. So, Lord, we thank you for what this cup means. The forgiveness of sins. So take and drink.